Hey guys, this is Drew Schmidt from The Random Anything, and you're listening to The Infinite Rabbit Hole. Yeah, I've been listening to you guys for a while now. Um, I got exposed to you guys uh, from Asher's from uh, Wednesday We Talk Weird. Uh, keep up the great work. Love it. Bunny Man. Hmm. Has a sort of strange sound to it. I remember reading about the legend of the Bunny Man Bridge for the first time in a book called Spooky Virginia by S.E. Schlosser. When I first saw the title of the legend, I of course jumped to the conclusion that this was going to be another story involving a local cryptic creature that mended the likeness of a human and a rabbit. Sort of like Goatman, Bigfoot, Lizard Man, and many others. Oh, man, but I was wrong. This was no story about an upright walking chimera. Rather, it was a story like many others told throughout small towns across America that dug its claws into the locals and burned through the stories passed down through generations. The American urban legend is a wonderful thing. Most places from small towns to big cities have their own version of a man who went mad and killed an entire room of people or the ghost of a dog who travels an old, forgotten road for all of eternity, still attempting to save its fallen owner, who had perished over a century ago. You'd be surprised what your own small town has to offer. Mine, growing up in Middletown, Connecticut, was that of the haunted basement deathbed slabs of Connecticut Valley Hospital, in which we would get together and tell a fantastic story about someone we know who knew someone, who knew someone, who died, in the basement after being tortured by a ghost of a long-gone patient. Every time the story got told, the story got stranger. Tonight, we traveled to Clifton, Virginia, in Fairfax County, where one of these good old urban legends has taken on a whole different life of its own, a legend that stretches far past the border of Clifton and into neighboring Washington, D.C. and the state of Maryland where a man is said to haunt the Colchester overpass that houses a stretch of the Southern Railway and the tunnel that is built below it, where on any given night, someone may encounter a sick and twisted individual known only as the Bunny Man. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. I am your host, Jeremy. Happy Halloween, everybody. You see that us here in the Infinite Rabbit Hole are... Yes. We all look great, <laughs> don't we? Halloweeny. Halloweeny. Halloween-y. Yeah. Fantastic, if you ask me. Festive. Festive. That's the word I was looking for. We're all festive here. So, <laughs> um, before we get going, let's just do the normal whatever, right? So, we're going to start with our guest today. Declassified Dave from the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour podcast. What's up, man? How you doing, dude? Chilling. Everything's groovy, as you can tell. <laughs> Hashtag peace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not much. Just hanging out in the month of October here in uh, not brisk Wisconsin, but Southern California. Yeah. Um, rough. Yeah. Yeah, well, gas prices are pretty rough. We we don't have to yeah. get into that, but yeah, rough. 
rough. So tell us about the costume, man. What brought you to the hippie? Uh, I think I mentioned it before we started recording. Uh, my mom's husband, uh, him and I don't get along too well. Uh, and he calls me a hippie all the time. So I just decided, you know. You embraced it. Yeah, I don't need a wig. You know, it's here. It is what it is. It was either this or I was just going to be some dude wearing a bunch of ice with braids and grills. <laughs> uh, it was quick. All right. You told me to get a costume. and Yeah. I was like, yeah, you can come on, but you got you to dress up, man. This is the <laughs> Halloween special. We uh, we go hard in the infinite rabbit hole. You can see. <laughs> we all look like thugs. <laughs> We're scary. <laughs> if Jake, If I saw Jake anywhere, even during the day, walking around like that outside of a house, that'd be pretty frightening. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Jake, Jake, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm uh I don't, people can't see cause the earlier, you know, chat up we were trying to do didn't work out, but I'm actually in Jeremy's house right now because I'm going in for a job interview later this week. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. You would have, uh, my other costume was way scarier, but I was told legally I can't wear it anymore. It was like a cat costume and I go up to doors on Halloween. I'd be like, Hmm, kitty wants some candy. And they'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to call the police. So, I'm like, all right, I can't oh, wear that can't. anymore. So, so then anymore. I went for this one, you know. <laughs> can't. <laughs> well, good, good. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Jeffrey, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing good. Tell good. us this, Tell us how, why did you uh, fall on what you did? Well, I've <laughs> always wanted, you know, a Guy Fox mask, and I just never bought one. And then I was like, oh, I need to get a costume for this episode. And I was last minute because that's how I do everything in my life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went on Amazon and looked at masks and I saw this and it was like 12 or 15 bucks or something for four of them. So and they were next day. So I was like, yeah, boom, there we go. Nice, dude. Nice. I just I can't tell your emotions. That's the point, right? Yeah. Well, I think you're handsome. Thank you. And last but not least, the one who probably put the most effort into her <laughs> costume. <laughs> Kenzar. Kid. Hi. The Hello. Jackal. Yep. I thought it was appropriate to be the mascot. So here I am. I'm a jackalope. Fair enough. Well, we we kind of look samesies. I mean, look at us. Kinda. We're kind of this kind of the kinda. same. Kinda. You I'm just cuter, don't have a beard. Yeah, yeah, I'm cuter. I got I got the cutest slippers though. I'll give you that much. Yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> I even did my research and I got myself a glass of whiskey because jackalopes are assholes and they like their whiskey. So Ooh, are right you gonna here. play the asshole today? So uh probably not because I'm Canadian still. Ah got <laughs> <laughs> gotta remember that part, but I'll try. <laughs> well, and then I fell on my costume because uh, I'm lazy, so I went with something quick and easy. So I'm Ralphie from uh, Christmas Story in the bunny suit because we're doing Bunny Man Bridge. Not because of the infinite rabbit hole. It just happens to work out that way. But I am a bunny man. Yeah. Very nice. Nice. Whiskey yeah. sounds really good. So when your next bit, when you start, I'm actually going to step away to get myself some. Uh, 
Whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Were you ready to roll, guys? I'm just kidding, yep. Jeff. I'm good. All right. Let's jump into Buddy Man Bridge. Caution. Before we dive into the story of Bunny Man and the Bunny Man Bridge, I want to remind everyone that an urban legend is very difficult to gather the entire story. A game of telephone lasting generations often causes this, the true and or original story to be long forgotten, and what you hear today may be completely different than what you have come to know yourself. But I do assure you that I have searched high and low for all things related to this twisted story. And in that process, I have found a way to include most of everything in today's presentation. But if you have more info to add, please do so by heading on over to the video for this episode on the Paranormal Network's YouTube channel and leave a comment adding to my presentation. I cannot wait to see what everyone else may know. Now, without further ado, I present our first encounter of the Bunny Man. On the cold night of October 17, 1970, an Air Force cadet named Bob Bennett and his fiance, which one of my sources had her name as Dusty, and the rest left her nameless, were quote-unquote talking after they had pulled off to the side of Guinea Road in Burke, Virginia. As they were talking, the glass from the passenger side window cracked into a million tiny chunks just inches away from his fiance's head. Embedded in the splintered glass, Bob easily recognized the blade of a hatchet with a distorted image of a man in what appeared to be a large, dirty, white robe with bunny ears standing a few feet behind the shattered window. The man pulled the hatchet back out and swung again, causing the window to completely shatter with the hatchet landing on the passenger side floorboard. As the man took his second swing, Bob started the car back up and moments after the second impact, Bob floored the gas pedal and sped away as fast as he could. Both Bob and his fiance reported that the man yelled at them, quote, You're on my private property, and I have your tag number. That same night, both Bob and his fiance showed up at the local police station and filed a report of the incident. Their accounts of the event were nearly the same, but for one detail. Bob claimed that the man had bunny ears on top of his head, and his fiance believed that the man was instead wearing a long, pointed hood with the face cut out. Both victims saw the attacker's face, but neither could point the man out or recognize him. Nine days after Bob and his fiance had their encounter with a hatchet-wielding madman in a white robe, another encounter involving a security guard named Paul Phillips would unfold. During Paul's nightly security routine of the construction site in Kings Park West off of Guinea Road, he witnessed a man standing on an unfinished porch. The man was wearing a gray, black, and white bunny suit and was wielding a large axe. As the two men's eyes met, the man in the bunny suit began swinging his axe into the posts on the unfinished porch while yelling, quote, All you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you in the head. Paul quickly drove away for a safe distance before calling for backup. But by the time Paul and his reinforcements returned, the axe-swinging man was gone. And yes, there is a report on record with the Fairfax County Police Office of this event, as well as around another 50 similar cases of run-ins with a crazed man wearing a bunny suit from the fall of 1970. In the report, Paul Phillips described the man as in his early 20s, about 5 foot 8 and 175 pounds. The legend of the bunny man began to run wild with four articles running in the nationally famous newspaper, the Washington Post, from October 22nd to November 6th of the same year. 
with titles such as Man in Bunny Suit Sought in Fairfax, The Rabbit Reappears, Bunny Man Scene, and Bunny Reports are multiplying. So, welcome to Fairfax County, everybody. What do you guys think of the first two encounters of the Bunny Man? I'd be freaked out, especially in the 60s. I mean, people freaked out. That's when this was the 60s. So people would freak out now. I mean, we had the whole clown thing that happened yeah, a couple yeah, years I was ago. Yeah, about that. Uh, I want to I go back real quick. You said something about one of the, the hospitals in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to Fairfield Hills? Is that where the hanging dog is? Uh, Newtown. I don't know if it's yeah. if that's the same spot, but uh, broke into there once when I was a young lad, and uh, <laughs> went into the the basement, and they ended up being uh, not storage, not basement, nothing. They were the lobotomy rooms of that uh, mental yeah. hospital for a while, yeah. and uh, that was pretty freaky. Uh, so never again. Same, same thing with Connecticut Valley <laughs> Hospital. It's the same same situation. I may or may not have uh, broken in. I uh, incriminate myself. It was a <laughs> I may or may not. I don't know. I don't remember. So allegedly, I mean, allegedly, <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, but yeah. So back onto the bunny man. Um, so there's not too much here, right? This just sounds like a crazed dude just swinging axes at people. Now to kind of bring up, why are we doing the bunny man? Well, I put a poll up on Facebook a little while ago. Um, asking everybody what they wanted us to do for for Halloween. And I put some general topics out there. Um, and everyone wanted a, a, a urban legend. Beat out cryptids, I believe, came in second place uh, by a pretty good margin. So uh, seeing how the Bunny Man actually takes place right around Halloween, I felt like this was a good one to jump into. I voted for urban legend, I believe. Did you? On that survey. Yeah. Also, I voted yeah. for cryptid. <laughs> I don't remember I don't what I voted for. My I, wife even uh, goes, "What do you want me to vote for?" And I was like, "Cryptid." She's like, okay. "I voted twice, once for myself <gasps> and once for my husband because oh, he right, doesn't yeah. have Facebook or anything like that." Oh, the I votes are rigged. Remember, I can't remember <laughs> what he picked, but he picked something completely different than I did. So um, this is what everyone gets. They get the bunny man because y'all wanted an urban legend. I mean, I agree with what Dave was saying that the first thing I thought of was that killer clown thing that we had a couple of years back. And I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, I'm so far I'm digging the story and there's no reason to say like, ah, this is made up. Like I totally could see someone doing crap like that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, right. I personally thought this was going to be something more along the lines of like a dog man type situation. We're just seeing a creature that's, terrorizing people and they're going crazy because of it but no 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 this is actually somebody swinging an axe at people <laughs> dressed yeah. dress as a giant bunny so yeah to boot so like sounds like was, yeah no guy. wonder the easter bunny terrified me as a kid goodness <laughs> and these days everyone's talking about Dahmer, so i mean you're gonna have to really step it up with this uh this bunny man character because so far he's super wild it's pretty, it's pretty pretty normal to the par. I mean, in California, you could definitely have somebody coming up with you to a bunny costume right now, today, with a yep. hatchet, and bust out your window at a red light. 
you know, it's entirely possible on any given day here at this point. Uh, so night was it October, 1970. That would be really scary. Now you're like, Oh, it's just another day in LA, man. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and then, Oh, oh, they're taking a dump on the hood of my car. Very nice. (laughs) Talk about desensitization. Yeah, I'll hit, <laughs> I'll I'll hit the car wash later for eighteen dollars with my seven dollars and eighty cents. Sounds like a great place to look at yep. from Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, anything? Yeah. Nothing. Um, I missed the first one, but the second—I uh, mean, yeah—it just sounds like a crazy. Sounds like a crazy man in a suit. Not very smart if you're here in Florida. Uh, bad, bad idea. But hey, did yeah. you get your whiskey? No, I I literally was about to pour it into the glass, and I was like, you know, let me get a nice beer instead. So that's what I did. And I'm repping uh, my, my buddy. You know, band. I was gonna go for a beer, but mm-hmm. Jackalopes don't drink beer. So, oh, well, cheers. All right, well, let's move on. <laughs> Let's see if the story gets any crazier. Like most urban legends, the story of the bunny man has an origin that is commonly believed. The story goes that in 1904, a bus of inmates from a nearby insane asylum in Clifton, Virginia, was were in a bus being transferred to Lorton Prison when the bus suffered a deadly accident, killing the driver and many of the inmate passengers. Out of all of the men who were involved in the incident, only 10 survived. And out of the 10 who survived and escaped the crash, two evaded recapture. Douglas J. Griffin and Marcus Wolster were the names of the two men. While the inmates spent their time in the surrounding forest evading recapture, the residents of the area began to find skinned and partially eaten rabbits hanging from the trees along the railroad tracks near Colchester Overpass. Due to the concern from the locals, there was a massive search conducted in order to end the horror that locals were forced to live through. And during the search, the mutilated body of Marcus Walster, one of the escaped inmates, was found in a very similar fashion to the rabbits. Walster was skinned and hung from a tree along the train tracks, leaving only one person as the cause for all the mutilated bodies in the area. Douglas Griffin was originally locked away from murdering his entire family on an Easter Sunday. As the search closed in on Griffin, police officers participating in the search claimed to hear a maniacal laugh coming from the area of the train tracks ahead. As Griffin came into view, he was spotted running and laughing as he jumped in front of an oncoming train, killing himself instantly. The corpses of hundreds of rabbits in the town of Clifton in Fairfax County, Virginia, seem to be focused around not only the railway system town, but specifically the tunnel under Colchester Overpass. This overpass is now famously known as Bunnyman Bridge and has become a very famous destination for paranormal investigators from around the world. The legend of Douglas Griffin, now famously known as the Bunnyman, didn't die on that evening of 1907. The bunny man is still commonly blamed as the cause for missing animals and children in the area. So what do you guys think about Douglas Griffin? Um, I personally immediately latched on to the part about the bus. You said something okay. about a bus. I did. 
and a bunch of people died. Blah, 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 blah. It reminded me of the movie Trick or Treat. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, there's it's it's one of those weird horror movies. It's got like three different storylines that all tie together into one storyline. But one of those storylines was of a bus with a bunch of kids on it that ended up going over a cliff and everybody died except for like one kid and they went missing. And yeah, I it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, but that's what that reminded me of when you said that was bus tragic accident bunch of people died i just saw the trick-or-treat scene in my head and i was like it it makes me wonder if that's what that's based off of did the surviving kid hang up dead bunny rabbits throughout the woods i can't remember all i could tell you about that guy is his name was sam oh yeah douglas name is douglas yeah it's not it's not the same character But that, either way, that's what it reminded me of, and I, I, I'm curious if that's what it's based off of, or if there is some sort of connection there. Or... I have no, no idea. I did not go. That's down what that went through my head. Either way, interesting for sure. My first question was, well, if these guys are prisoners, they must have been. They must have been really good, like seamstress. Like they must be really good with with the needle and thread because. They made a bunny costume out of nothing in the woods. If they survived, and they, <laughs> they hobbled, they ran out into the woods, and they're like, "Ha ha!" And then the second thing that came to my mind was, if you've seen Dahmer, don't want to be a spoiler alert. This dude played with roadkill and dead animals. So, and then you take—I don't know the lore behind it, but you, you know, like Gangs of New York, where you have the guys who hang the rabbits on on the on the stick, and they're you know, before they fight and stuff. There there could be some human element to it. I was trying to look it up while you were talking about that to see if I could make a correlation, but couldn't find anything. It was just like wire bunnies hanging out in my backyard. <laughs> so Google sucks. Yeah. Uh yeah. I, I I'm with that too, man. I always say stuff like that on the show that there's gotta be some kind of meaning behind the bunnies, right? Or whatever it is. But uh yeah, I do wonder if there's some ancient lore or some something that goes back that you could be like, Oh, this means this, this is symbolic of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Just a psychopath. Yeah. I mean, we, we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit more. I mean, I, I really take the top off of this one. Um, I don't think anybody's going to look at this legend the same after I I'm done with the night, but Jake, what do you think, man? Just, um, can you hear me right now? Okay, I was muted. Um, no, I think that maybe it was just... Uh, um, I mean, there's a crap ton of dang bunnies out there, so maybe it was just a lot of stuff. The scare factor of just skinning them and hanging them up everywhere. I mean, that would freak out anyone. It could be, you know, you could use stray cats depending on where you're at, but in that area, I mean, there are a tremendous amount of like wild rabbits and stuff, so it would be totally fitting if you're going to freak someone out to just do it that way. I was also trying to look into the area, too, to see if it was like a big hunting area. And apparently back in that day, it, it was it was a humping, hunting and trapping place. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. that when when people came into the woods and saw rabbits hanging up, maybe they were just seeing hunter snares and were, you know, kind of just they took it as, you know, this is this urban legend. But really, it was just a hunter with his snares. I mean, who knows? I mean, but they wouldn't be skinned. No, that's true. But 
I mean, who knows what was eating at them and how long they were out there. So. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose so. It's just a, just an idea. All right, guys, you ready to move on? Mm-hmm. All righty. Get into some alternate info. Like with many urban legends, there are multiple different accounts and details that get mixed together and give a slightly different story. During my research, I found a lot of these differences. Some of this was as little uh, as what the axe-wielding man said during his assault on the supports of the front porch of an unfinished home to the actual story being from a town in Oregon instead of Virginia. In a book titled Bunny Man by Mav Sky, there is mention that Marcus Waller's body was found holding an axe, which caused the mob to dismantle due to thinking that they had found the remains of the rabbit murderer. But over the next couple of days, the killings continued, which sparked a second search. Another difference in their telling of the story is that Griffin was chased across town before jumping in front of a train by Fairfax Station Bridge. In a book titled Urban Legends, Bizarre Tales You Won't Believe by James Proud, the author claims that the story of Bunnyman Bridge takes place on a remote road in Oregon. He claims that the bus crashed due to a prisoner escaping his shackles and attacking the bus driver. Also in his recollection of the story, the man who escaped the crash, the men who escaped the crash were named Michael Wood and Billy Smith. The search found Michael Wood, a.k.a. Marcus Waller, hanging inside of the tunnel under Bunnyman Bridge with his ears removed. This second account... Or this account of the story is so different that it's hard to believe that it is even referring to the same urban legend. But after searching, uh, researching for anything else close to the same from Oregon, I was able to come up with nothing that proved that it was a different story altogether. In Denver Michaels's book, Haunted Shenandoah Valley, Denver visits this legend briefly at the end of chapter 18. In his telling, he helps make the connection between the events of 1907 and 1970. The reason why people believe that the money, the bunny man was in fact responsible for the axe swinging maniac spotted multiple times throughout the fall of 1970 was because it is believed that the ghost of Griffin still haunts the woods in the area. In multiple sources, a murder of two teenagers whose mutilated bodies were found near bunny man bridge has been openly blamed on the spirit of the bunny man. NorthernVirginiaMag.com states that Paul Phillips, the security guard who encountered a crazed man in a bunny suit hacking away at the support posts of an unfinished front porch, went to his car to get a gun instead of retreating to gather backup. So, uh, like we see in a lot of urban legends, there is a lot of alternate information. Um, do any of you guys know anything about Bunny Man and have any alternate info on the general or specific story no but i do want to point out the um the story that i was talking about a second ago the the bus and the kids mm-hmm. by the sounds of it it was totally just a made-up story for the means of the movie uh but this one was According to this, it, it was an event that occurred in the 1970s. It was eight disabled children with a bus driver who hated their lives, so they drove into a lake and killed everybody. The toxic person. Right? Jeez. 
on Halloween, everybody was dressed up. It, again, it's the 70s, so they got super terrifying costumes on, and they're riding the short bus, and... Hmm. Yep. Wow. It's terrifying, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on. Just wanted to throw that out there. So I don't know if it's related at all, but there you go. People who are listening right now may, may be seeing that there's a little bit different, a little bit of a difference to this type of episode, right? Something that urban legends just really don't have is talking points, right? We can't sit here. I mean, we could sit here and be like, is it true or is it not true? But a lot of urban legends are localized and they're not very widespread. Um, we did another urban legend. Actually, we did it with Declassified Dave. We did the Black Eyed Kids. Um, which is more of a uh, a worldwide uh, phenomenon that is part urban legend, part paranormal entity. Um, and that one's much easier to talk about and have a discussion about because of how widespread it is. When you're talking about a very localized area, unless you're talking to a local, it's pretty tough. Um, but what do you guys think about uh, Bunny Man so far? What about some of this alternate information? Black Eyed Children was almost two years ago. Just like I know, isn't that nasty? Yeah, that was that was almost two years ago. Uh, and that usually goes hand in hand with Men in Black stuff. You know, that's usually kind of just a lot of parallels with that. But Bunny True. Man thing, especially after you said the ghost thing, I kind of like kind of just took a step back and was like, uh, that person's on acid. It's nineteen. 1970, whatever. <laughs> like they're 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 seeing they're seeing something. One thing that really comes to mind with the bunny man thing. And I don't know you, you probably have more stories that probably go different avenues. One, we have some crazy guy yielding an ax. One, we have another story of a bus of, you know, inmates and two getting loose and being amazing costume makers and making bunny suits and just going nuts. And now you have a ghost story. A lot of this comes to mind with me was like Donnie Darko where you have like mm. one person that might be seeing something like this is one person's account, but seeing Frank, you know, in the bunny suit, that's what I was trying to find was a Frank costume, but this thing's trying to find a real mask for that. It's expensive. <laughs> but, uh, but that's the one thing I think about. I was like, man, everybody has like a different experience with this. Yeah. So far to kind of clear that up a little bit. Right. So the, uh, the bus thing happened in 1907. Okay. And, uh, the story from, the the people making out on the side of the road or i'm sorry talking on the side of the road um and the the security guard was from 1970 so uh the the theory is is that the the ghost is actually the spirit of the inmate who died who killed all the rabbits and then 63 years later uh he's back as a spirit wearing a bunny suit sounds kind of demonic it's weird weird <laughs> creepy really weird Would like not yeah, I have a question, that. <laughs> I have a question. Like, yeah what's up is this the only case with ears removed what's with the ears so that like i said that's alternate information there are some uh some reports some stories that i read where the ears removed was a big thing there was some some reports where the bunnies all had their ears removed. Um, 
it's ear fetish or something. Well, they are Ooh, like when you when you bite into a, a chocolate bunny on uh, on Easter and you only bite the ears off. You go for the ears first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Because because it's the law. You have to, or else you go to jail. Everyone knows that. <laughs> ear well, fetish. <laughs> sorry, I asked. Sorry yeah. about that, eh? Sorry, I'm beating feet. Like <laughs> yeah, feet first. Tail first. Tail first. Tail first. Got to eat the ass first. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's eating I, bunny ass over. Oh man, that's disgusting. <laughs> I had a rabbit for six years. It's not. It's not something you want to do, friends. <laughs> Don't do it anywhere, anytime. We we'll get some. We we'll get some of that chocolate bunny butt. Oh, but there are other <laughs> Never reports one of those with uh, ears missing, though, right? Uh no. No, that's it. No, that's, just a, that's the all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Just making uh, sure. Gonna, I believe we're going to start getting a little bit more in. Oh, we do talk about other reports first, and then I believe we start getting into the history and everything. We start uncovering some of the mysteries here. All right, you guys, ready to roll on? Cool. Here's here's yeah, some more stories for the ride. I'm I'm with Kenzar. Like I thought this was like a a sheep squatch type thing before. So I mean, that's what I said in my intro. You know, when yeah. back when I really got into this stuff, probably five seven years ago now when i when i came across the bunny man phenomenon uh that's what i originally thought because the chapter was just titled bunny man in that Mm. book and i was like oh okay so here's a cryptid story right with with how they name most cryptids dog man like that that was my first connection dog man okay where you see this dog humanoid type thing we're seeing a giant bunny humanoid now (laughs) Imagine all the people that are pissed that they're listening to this and they're like, I thought this was a fucking creature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right. Other reports. NorthernVirginiaMag.com published an awesome article on the subject of Bunny Man titled Long Live the Bunny Man in October of 2015. In this article, I had a chance to read quote-unquote, point-of-view reports from locals who lived through the time of the axe-wielding maniac. The first of such reports tells of the story of a man named Jim Waters, a guitarist who was so influenced by the legend that he went on to co-compose a rock opera called Legend of the Bunny Man. This two-and-a-half-hour show tells the story of the Legend of the Bunny Man from the perspective of the Bunny Man himself and took a total of 18 months to write. Waters told the author of the article that when he was 11 years old, the story of the crazed man wearing a bunny suit spread fast and far around the area. The route to school that he would ride his bike on went straight through Guinea Road, and he remembers being absolutely terrified to go to school every day. It is his opinion that someone who was really disturbed was very upset that the woods around the area were being torn down for housing. In another source, I found there was a mention of how the population of the area suddenly enlarged at the end of the 60s and in the beginning of the 70s, and many locals were not happy about all of the new neighbors they were getting on what seemed to be a daily basis. So, what do you guys think about the idea that this crazed, axe-wielding, dressed up bunny man costume guys just pissed that so many people are moving in to his private property i mean i don't like my neighbors but that doesn't mean i'm about to go on a killing spree i mean (laughs) that's you you can't talk for the bunny man i can't think of a better reason too (laughs) (laughs) 
If you were more into not liking your neighbors, you'd probably consider it. <laughs> I don't well, have to interact with them. That's why it's okay. These uh, motherfuckers are just going to have to meet the bunny man then, I guess. I'm going to get a bunny so. costume now so my neighbors can meet me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so weird here. Like, I live in a building with 17 other people and like two of us say hi. Yeah. Not even a lot of people. And people are just like, oh, no. Like, can't look at you. Yeah, it's here too. Maybe he's just trying to keep the property values low so that he doesn't have to pay more in rent. Could be. Just Anyways. keep crime, keep crime around your house to yeah, just scare the shit out everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like going out in your front lawn and just firing off a couple shots and just being like, I'm just keeping yeah. the value down low. Yeah, <laughs> during a showing. Yeah. <laughs> This is a meth. <laughs> this is a meth friendly household. <laughs> Honey, That's we gotta get out of here. Maybe like that scene from Step Brothers. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Unmasked. In the local history section of Fairfax County government websites, fairfaxcounty.gov, a local historian with a Fairfax public library by the name of Brian A. Conley published the most thorough article to date about the legend of the bunny man titled the bunny man unmasked in this article conley puts on the boxing gloves and calls another very well-known article that highlights a timeline of events since the beginning called the clifton bunny man archived on the castle of spirits website which is famously known as one of the world's largest collection of ghost stories the Castle of Spirits article highlights the most well-known backstory of the Bunny Man that many, including myself for this article, use for the basis of the retelling. And Connolly immediately pokes holes wide open in the legend as he details that there was never an insane asylum in Fairfax County and that Larton Prison, the prison the bus was transporting inmates to, did not come into existence until 1910, six years after the story takes place. And even then it was a part of Washington DC's system of corrections and not Fairfax County's. Another issue he found with the original story is that neither Griffin or Walster appeared in the court record of Fairfax County. Mr. Conley admits that during the very early research of the bunny man legend, he was ready to close the door on this story and call it all false. Using a complex index that took 10 years to build from Virginia historical volunteers Malcolm Richardson and Barbara Welsh, Connolly was easily able to research all instances of murder in Fairfax County between the years of 1872 and 1973. Connolly was able to come down to three particular cases that left him still clinging to the idea that there might actually be something to the Bunny Man legend. Frances Holliver was 37 years old when she and her eight-month-old June were brutally murdered on February 24, 1949. While they were traveling with their estranged husband, Charles, from a nudist colony in Fairfax County, the car became lodged in mud on a remote road. Frances and her husband, argued after the incident and she would leave the car with the child and never be seen alive again. Charles slept in the car that night and hitchhiked home to D.C., where he believed he would find his wife and daughter waiting for him. To his surprise, they were not there. 
and when he drove back to the car, trapped in the mud with his brother-in-law, they were both shocked that Francis and June were still nowhere to be found. At this point, Charles and his brother-in-law notified the police, and a search involving Fairfax County officers, Washington detectives, and a local Boy Scout troop was organized. Eventually, the search headed to the colony, just 200 yards away from where the car was stuck, and the shallow grave for both mother and daughter was discovered just a few feet away from the cottage that the family stayed in the night before the argument. Francis was beaten and shot once in the head and once in the heart. As for eight-month-old baby June, she was found clutching to her mother and succumbed to suffocation from being buried alive. Charles was named the prime suspect in the murder of Francis and June Holliber, and later would confess to the murders. On January 29th of 1950, Charles Holliber was sentenced to death by electric chair for murder of his wife and daughter, the second time in history that someone would be sentenced to death in Fairfax County. Holliber's attorney would file an appeal to claim that Charles was clearly insane and without this proper, properly established during the trial's time in court, it was impossible for Charles to be given a fair trial. Eventually, the Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals would overturn the conviction and a new trial was ordered in response. This second trial led to Charles Holliber being committed to the Western State Mental Hospital in Marion, Virginia, where Charles would be officially diagnosed as an insane person. Could Charles Holliber's case be the real origin for the legend's own character, Douglas Griffin? So what do you guys think about that? Could the story of of this man who murdered his wife and daughter. Now you got to think of the the parallels here, right? The parallels between um Holliber, Charles Holliber and Grifton were that they both murdered their entire family. Right? Mhm. Do you think that this, because of the the location and the similarities to the origins, do you think that this could have been the real birth of the legend of the bunny man? I mean, it's possible, but then again, there's a lot of people that murder their families, unfortunately. I mean, shoot, Whitney was just telling me about some some couple from where she uh, grew up, like last week, killed their, uh, like... Uh, dad and mom killed all their kids and stuff so i mean it happens all the time unfortunately so yeah i mean it could but then again it could just be the location is similar uh you know who knows the sort of issues that are out there uh, you know especially in the time frame i mean I, i have no idea but i mean it's possible right i think so i think it's very possible what do you guys think anything yeah, same. I mean, who knows where this originated, right? Like, pick your serial killer in the area. Hey, everybody. Bear with us while we take this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But 
Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. I don't know. I was listening to you talk, and I'm like, wait, haven't you told this story already? And it just, yeah, it just, it all sounded the same to me. And I was really confused at first, and then you explained everything at the end there, but. I got your back. Yeah. I think it's more Mm -hmm. coincidental. Yeah. Maybe just two, two crazies in the same vicinity. I get you. All right. So you guys ready to move on? Hear a little bit more? Mm -hmm. Diving further. Furthermore, the article on the Clifton Bunny Man on the Castle of Spirits website by Charles Forbes features 32 victims of the Bunny Man with a supposed supernatural element. But going back to 1980s, in archived newspaper articles throughout the Fairfax County area and stretching as far as areas of Maryland, Brian Conley was only able to uncover three separate stories in which a supernatural effect seemed to have possibly taken place, but were also easily debunkable with normal means, none of which were represented in the Castle of Spirits article. This famous article seemed to be just another form of fiction surrounding an urban legend built off fantastical stories passed down in a never-ending game of telephone. Or was it? In Brian Connolly's article titled Bunny Man Unmasked, a Washington Post article published on November 11, 2000, highlighting a collection of urban legends and stories throughout the area compiled by three Maryland major universities titled the Maryland Folklore Archive. This archive featured legends from the state of Maryland and the surrounding areas from the 1950s through 1990. Students from these universities collected, transcribed, and researched all of these urban legends in a collective effort to adequately document the vast history of Maryland folklore and legends. Out of these stories, one specific piece stuck out as important in the research of the Bunny Man. In 1973, a student at the University of Maryland by the name of Patricia Johnson submitted a paper to the archive simply titled The Bunny Man. As her contribution for a class titled Introduction to Folklore, English 460 at the University of Maryland, for this article, she interviewed 33 students from Prince George's County, Maryland, with ages ranging from 15 to 18. In her research, she found a very a few very interesting bits of information about the legend of the bunny man. 54 different, or one, 54 different versions of the story were told to her by 33 students that she interviewed. This was important because multiple students told multiple different stories about what the legend consisted of. The stories all took place in 14 different locations and three multiple different MOs were included, including eight where he was chasing or scarring, scaring his victims, Mostly children, sometimes with an axe, 14 attacks on people in cars, nine of which were parked, five attacks on houses or buildings, and only three murders. At the end of Patricia Johnson's article, she had also come to the conclusion that the bunny man did in fact not exist due to the abundance of variations in the story within such a localized sampling. So that brings up a great question. If you have a story such as a lot of urban legends in, you know, let's talk about the United States but you have a lot of differences within the the stories, a lot of variety. Does that kind of take you out of the realm of this could be real? I've got one, one thing that I was thinking about when you were doing this. So we keep bringing up supernatural stuff. A lot of the cryptids that we talk about don't aren't really associated with murdering people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing that we don't see. But one thing I found really odd, and it might have nothing to do with it. I was just looking, and Mothman's not too far away. It's like 350 miles west or so, but almost exactly due west. Point Pleasant, West Virginia, it's mm. north-south uh, degrees is 38.6, and Fairfax County is 38.9. Uh, could mm. be, could, if you're talking about supernatural weird entities that you're seeing in the woods or what people might be perceiving as seeing. I mean, who's to say that the guys that killed their families might not have, maybe, maybe it's like a Frank situation. You know, I saw a bunny and I decided to <laughs> kill my family. In some <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I just found that. I, I wanted to just look that up, but I found that kind of weird that they're both about at 39 degrees huh. north. All right. So in summary, you think that there's a possibility that Mothman could be, taking its Halloween vacation to Fairfax <laughs> County and decorating pine trees with dead rabbits. I mean, one <laughs> one's on the one area is loosely on the West side of the Appalachian range. And yeah. One's right on the East side. So I like the tie in man. Good stuff. Yeah. Good I stuff. Thought about it. Super. You gotta remember weird. Uh, for those of you that have been with us for a little while, this is actually the same area. Well, roughly the same area uh, as the Snally Gasser. Now, it is mm-hmm. the Snallygaster is a little bit east. Uh, Mothman is a little bit west, and Jersey Devil's a little bit north. Um, but right there, dead center of all of that is Fairfax County, Virginia. Yeah, pretty cool stuff, man. The Devil's what time? What time frame did this start again? Uh, which one? Like when did the when did the the legend start? Nineteen seventy. That was like when the legend really started to kick off and you started getting these stories from 1904 or something along those lines. And now we're talking about a, uh, a real case um, where what's his face? Uh, well, the reason I ask Oliver. is I would wonder if the, whoever the schmuck is, is, you know, <laughs> if he was part of like, some of the LSD experiments or something like that, you know. If, oh, 1949? You know. Oh, in the 40s? Mm. That's too early, right? I mean, not necessarily. There were some programs happening in the 40s. You know, because the, the Nazis were doing that shit, you know, and to think that we didn't start doing that kind of stuff until after we took them and Operation Paperclip... That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. We we knew what they were doing, and we were doing some of the same stuff during the 40s. So it's possible that this guy was like some mind control victim that just they let loose, and now he's a freaking psychopath. Well, we just Jeff. released the episode on Manson, and after the many handfuls of times that he's been incarcerated, a lot of the times we made the ties that he was not an informant with the CIA, but definitely was forced to work for the CIA and was administered some type of psychedelics and drugs, which probably led him to brainwash the people that committed the murders. Well, I've, I've heard that he was a victim of MK ultra. Absolutely. I've heard that as well. Absolutely. That dude definitely. I mean, I think he was arrested. That had a lot to do with why he was so good. He was arrested like 20 something times before he was like 20, five and he uh was released every single time which is strange because some of some of the offenses that he has are like 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 child molestation and they're like eh, 
get out. Jeez. Gotcha. But then, you know, he's also, you know, definitely was on drugs. So (laughs) (laughs) there's that too. But where did he get those drugs? You know, from the CIA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They could have been, they could have been brainwashing people. You got to remember too, the point pleasant parallel too. that was what 1967 when the bridge collapsed and the Mothman Mm -hmm. thing came up. So that's only a couple of years, a couple years and a couple hours down the road. So yeah, for true, man. Good stuff. Jeff, I I love how you could turn anything into a government conspiracy. Love it. (laughs) I mean, it's what he's best at, isn't it? (laughs) Thank you. But is space real? Debatable. When I tell people about my co-hosts, I specifically say Jeff thinks everything is fake. (laughs) People love it. I've, I've turned people over to this show and shadow band by saying, I know a guy that thinks space and rockets are all bullshit. And they're like, Oh really? And they go right on over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff. Jeremy, to answer your question, uh, yes, I think that all that variation in the legend and stuff probably adds to this idea that it's all completely fake. Um, but I do believe that most of those urban legends start with some line of truth and then it kind of blows up off of that. So if the murder happened and then, you know, everyone's running wild with it, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I want to kind of liken it to um, like the Bloody Mary thing. I used to do that crap all the time as a kid. Um now, whether or not it's based off of anything, I have no idea, but I've like anything real, but I've heard tons and tons and tons of origin stories as far as like where the Bloody Mary, you know, saying Bloody Mary in your mirror three times actually originated from. And let's just say it did come from one thing that happened one time. And then you have just this explosion of like all these different legends and everything like that. So uh, I want to say that it didn't so far all that variation stuff didn't distract me from that. There may be something at the root of all this, but it is interesting that, you know, in just a very short amount of time, because I think it happened in nine originally happened in 1970. And this is a paper from 1973. Mm -hmm. So that's not a long time for all this, you know, craziness. But then again, if we're thinking about like location and how much craziness was actually happening in that location at that time frame, then it would make sense that if this was a normal occurrence of like, say, I live in Oxnard, California, and people would get shot and killed all the time, it's not going to be that crazy. But if something happens like that, and it's not anything that happens on a regular basis, I could see it being blown way out of proportion and being like, just like a game of telephone. It gets weirder and weirder and weirder as the story gets told. Um, in this circumstance, I mean, this is a very weird situation. And so really, I mean, it could go all sorts of different ways and it really doesn't get away from like how crazy the route is. But, um, still, I think that there is something to it, even if there's all these different variations and stuff. Good stuff. Good, good to go, guys. I don't know if this has anything to do with what I said before, but I didn't think about it. Everything's on the 38th parallel. 
Uh oh, here we go. I don't know. Paranormal just, Highway, bro. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I'm looking at looking at <laughs> some of the places that are on the 38th parallel. Uh, Maryland, Virginia, mm-hmm. West Virginia, Stockton, California. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, some inter- interesting spots. I mean, all over the world, obviously, it's you know known for uh, Korea, but. Mm. Uh, I don't know. North or south? Actually, it splits the splits Korea. It splits, splits. Yeah, splits mm. Korea. Um, this is this is getting me some like murder vibes more than paranormal. Yeah, urban yeah, legend. Man. I don't know. I just feel like people getting. How many murders did you say happened over a course of? Well, so to be fair, right. It's tough to to nail down in now what we had just talked about. We were talking about uh, man, what's her name? I'm trying to look at it. Look for it. Um, uh, Patricia Johnson from the University of Maryland who wrote this. She was specifically talking to the students. Now, she got 54 different versions of the story told by 33 students. So one student was actually telling multiple stories multiple times, right? So you get one student came in, told two or three versions of it. Another student came in, told one, another student came in, told two, you know, it, it went on like that. Um, and the only, the only actual murders that she can find that could possibly are murders that, uh, that were told in the stories from these, these uh, kids that she interviewed there only three of them ended in actual murders, but as for the act, like you know what the what the the folklore behind it, all this, I think somewhere in this uh, research, I said something around fifty. I'm having to look back now, so kind of stuttering over my own words here, but um, I want to say it was somewhere in the fifties was in some of the reports. I can't Super interesting. Which to me sounds like this something actually happened with this bunny man character at some point, and it's just become a game of telephone as the years have gone on and as the story's been retold, and everybody's just adding their own little snippets of information to be cool and oh that happened to me and oh that happened to you. Well, this happened to me, sort of thing. Game of telephone. Like Jake said too, with the the Bloody Mary thing, didn't the movie didn't Candyman rip that off? You know, there was the whole thing in the mirror. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Yeah, that's Candyman literally three times. Yeah, yeah, that's literally Hollywood's adaption of the Bloody Mary. Yeah, urban legend. Yeah, I remember being so scared to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> now I do it every night before I go to bed. Just, it's, uh, it's rich. <laughs> hey, if I don't have to wake up tomorrow and pay my bills, I mean, <laughs> right? I could I could have to go to the store and pay gas tomorrow, so I'd rather yeah yeah rather go through that. <laughs> Give me candy, man, bro. Let's do this. All right, let's move on. Real origins, although it seems that yes. The story of the bunny man did, in fact, come a long way in the telling of the original story. But did the original story even exist? And if so, where did it, in fact, start? 
So far, we have talked about three possible origins of the legend of the Bunny Man of Fairfax County, Virginia. One, the 1904 bus crash that was transporting insane prisoners from one mental institution to another. The 1949 story of Charles Hobbler that could have been the true origins of st- the the story of Douglas J. Griffin, the man who supposedly survived the previously mentioned bus craft, bus bus craft, bus crash, or three, the October 1970 stories of a man who attacked people with an axe dressed as a bunny man. These three possibilities led Brian Connolly to dig deeper into the possibility that any of these stories were real or at least based in reality. And in fact, yes, one of them seemed to be. On the night of October 22nd, 1970, there was in fact a news station that reported on the supposed attacker wearing a bunny suit just five days earlier. As I stated before, this information was found in official reports with the local police department. But were they? The story commonly told says yes, but Connolly found that this is not all true. After contacting the Fairfax County Police Department, he learned that they, in fact, do not have any records of an October 17th, 1970 attack on a young cadet and his fiance. But on the night of October 29th, 1970, there was an incident that six police officers responded to in the under construction subdivisions of Kings West Park or Kings Park West, which was around the same date in the exact same area that the security officer in one of the original stories claimed to have come face-to-face with a man dressed in a bunny suit attacking an unfinished porch with an axe. And yes, that is what was reiterated in this official report as well. After the six officers arrived, there were no signs of the bunny man, so the case was turned over to a man by the name of W.L. Johnson of the Criminal Investigation Bureau. After interviewing all witnesses of the quote-unquote white rabbit, as it was being called at the time, Johnson released this statement. Quote, after a very extensive investigation into this and all other cases of this same nature, it is still unsubstantiated as to whether or not there is a white rabbit. All the witnesses of this quote-unquote white rabbit were substantially young children between the ages of 7 and 12, who after interviewing admitted to not seeing the perpetrator themselves, but rather hearing about it at school or on the nightly news. W.L. Johnson's case on the white rabbit was and is still marked as inactive. So, we, we just learned that, yes, the the attack on... The security guard, um, while he was checking on the the under construction houses in this particular division, there was a madman dressed as, as a bunny. There was an official police report. There were six officers that responded. So the original story of him retreating, calling for backup, coming back is true. As for um, the cadet and his fiance, there is no police report even though the urban legend clearly does say that they reported their incident to the police station. There is no reports in or around Fairfax County of any of anything like this being reported. So out of everything that we heard so far, we have one thing that seems to be correct. And that is that there was a madman attacking an unfinished porch with an ax dressed as a bunny. Right around Halloween, too, so yes. that, would make, that would make a lot of sense. October yep. 29th, so, you know, that's 
I was even gonna out. I was even gonna ask once you brought that porch back up, I was gonna ask, did did we go find said porch and see the damage that was created? But if there were six officers involved, I'm sure we saw the damage created. <laughs> yeah. Nineteen seventy. I mean they they probably did take photos, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? That's what I was stuck on was where's this damaged porch? <laughs> It's right. somebody's house. Or it was. Until Bunny Man got to it. Find yeah, the house man. and just sit outside and be like, can we, can we check out your back deck? <laughs> I just want to see if this is the Bunny Man house. Dude, yeah. I, if I could you imagine like someone showing up and like, yeah, we'll see. Listen, this is what happened. This guy. <laughs> you have no idea. i bought this house in 1984 man like (laughs) you have no idea (laughs) oh good stuff jeff you're quiet yeah i'm sorry i'm a bit distracted this evening oh okay is it my suit yeah that's part of it okay good (laughs) good good i love you too buddy all right the acid I don't answer question. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna get a, I was gonna get a fog machine and put it in here, so it just looked like I was completely just blazing it up. Baked out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it would have, maybe it would have permeated through the the uh, the camera. And... Gotcha. All right, let's move on. So. With all that being said, there is what I believe to be the true story of the Bunny Man. On the evening of October 22nd, 1970, a local news station in Fairfax County, Virginia, reported on an article of satire in lieu of the upcoming Halloween celebrations. Whether or not the news station reported on it as a way to expand the spirit of the holiday, or if they took it seriously, many children witnessed this report as they were sitting down to eat with their families in the evening. This part of my theory is concluded directly from Brian Connolly, Patricia Johnson, and W.L. Johnson's reports on their interviews and investigations indicating that an extremely high majority of participants or quote-unquote witnesses were between the ages of 7 and 18. From these events, word spread quickly at school, and the origins of the Bunny Man were created in the schools of Fairfax County and the surrounding areas. The backstory of the train was most likely born as a clever way by one or a few individuals as an origin story of the paranormal side of Bunny Man, a paranormal side that sadly has no evidence of being true. As for how the bridge, now known as the Bunny Man Bridge, came to be tied to this legend, my best understanding is that in 1970s, this overpass was not very developed and was considered to be a hotspot for couples to park their cars and do a little investigations of themselves. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Most likely, it was attached to the story as an attempt from a young man to get a girl he liked to sit a little closer when parked in the area. And just like all other stories, the legend was built brick by brick off of that foundation to a point in which the location of the bunny man bridge in the area of guinea road where the cadet and security guard witnessed the man in a bunny suit swinging axes seven miles away became eternally tied together forever and there this is my theory on the urban legend known only as the bunny man of fairfax county what a letdown <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, 
there's a I'll tell you about a little local legend over here, right? It's the ghost car. And there's a specific road that you would drive down, you know, when we were in high school. And this in this road we would go, it was in the kind of in the middle of nowhere. And this is where you could go so you could do things that you might not be supposed to be doing and feel secure and safe, right? So we would do these things on this road and there would always be this car that would show up down the road behind us and then it would just seem to disappear. Right now, as we've gotten older, we know exactly what's going on. And it's, you know, of course, there's no ghost car, mm-hmm. but the legend of ghost car still exists. It's still a road. We still pass the road, me and the homies. And we're like, there's ghost car road. So you give that 30, 40, 50 years. You're going to have some people who really think that there's a ghost car. Yeah. And that people are claiming that they're racing it and Mm -hmm. someone got hit by it and killed. And now it's now they're being used. Their blood's being used for gasoline. That uh, sounds like a terrible episode of (laughs) (laughs) Scooby-Doo. And I and I would have murdered more innocents, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. Meddling kids. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, boy. (laughs) So what do you guys think of the theory? Does it make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. I feel like yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Okay. I don't have any reasoning, but everybody else said yes, so I got to be different. Drink. Oh, that's fair. Drink, drink, <laughs> drink. drink. <laughs> yeah. Ace is fake. Drink. <laughs> Space is fake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's not all I have. I have an outro, uh, but. Before we do that, any uh, any final thoughts? I mean, urban legends are tough. You know, there's not much that we can really debate on this one. When you look back at the history of the area and you look at records and everything, like some people have taken the time to do, there's just not much here, unfortunately. Now, there, yeah. you know, I want to highlight the one article on that one one website. Right. And if anybody goes to that website, they're going to see a bunch of different things about kids hanging from bridges and a bunch of a ton of stuff like how bunnies are still seen in the woods to today around Halloween. And but unfortunately, none of it's true. There there was never any cases of kids hanging from bridges or being mutilated like the rabbits were with their ears missing or anything like that. It just didn't happen. Um, Yeah. Doesn't mean that it can't start happening. Oh, jeez, Jake. <laughs> How far away are you from Virginia? I'm far, far. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, no. You might need to make a trip. <laughs> <laughs> you got that one kid that actually saw a bunny that's like <laughs> in his like 70s now and he sees you and he's just like, oh, God, oh, no. It's coming <laughs> back for me. Stuck in that bucket seat with no child's restraints in the back of that car in 1970 <laughs> cigarette yeah. smoke permeating the car uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that's great fantastic i like this great did you this was fun yeah it's it to me it just sounds like a giant game of telephone and then now like i listen to uh, podcast called No Sleep Co- Podcast. It's just a bunch of scary stories. Who's to say that 
people aren't taking the legend of the bunny man and creating their own stories now you got a whole new now you got a whole new legend on the legend right right i think it's just a game of telephone but it was really fun to listen to anyways what are uh i i know i know jeff mentioned a an urban legend in his area but what's what's an urban legend in everybody's local area that they for us in uh California, we have uh, the Goat Man in Pacheco Pass. Nice. So basically, as you're going through Pacheco Pass, there's a spot where you apparently can stop uh, when it goes into California, and you can um, honk your horn three times, and the Goat Man will come out and then break into your car and pull you out and drag you to hell. So that's cool. Um, nice. And also, nice. and also all the. Uh, the missing time that people have in Pacheco Pass, but usually that's because it looks the same going all the way through it. People tend to zone out, and so they'll zone out and go into autopilot for like an hour, and then they'll wake up and then be like, "Oh my gosh, you know, where did all that time go? How did I get over here?" It's like, "Well, you drove there, and you you could have killed yourself <laughs> and just not known it," you know. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like driving straight through Indiana or yeah. Kansas, or just like, "Wow, vision. when's the next sign?" <laughs> <laughs> I need some entertainment. Jeremy, have you ever heard of Pygmy Village? Uh, Yeah, that's the, isn't that the the fairy village? It's the, yeah, it's the, the, in New Britain, Connecticut. um, Yeah, they have a little, like, fairy village, like, made right in the woods and stuff. People, there's a war behind it. They're supposed to take you and, you know, because it's, it's pretty. It's it's not close. It's in the same state, but it's not close to to Dudley Town. But there's similar stories to that with with Pygmy Village. But we used to growing up right near New Britain. We used to have lots of times where we'd hop that fence and walk through the woods at night, and probably wouldn't do that anymore. Freak me out. But the big the big one where <laughs> I'm got... from is that Connecticut Valley Hospital. CVH was a was a big one. I mean, we used to, we would talk about it all the time, and we we even. Uh, may or may not have broken in one time and may or may not have uh, laid on the slabs and, you know, tried to do these little rituals that would make us levitate and stuff like that. Um, you know, stupid kids, things that kids yeah. do. It's just really dumb. Um, yeah, satanic rituals. Yeah, kids do oh, it yeah, all the time. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, children in <laughs> middle school just doing satanic dripping, rituals. Dripping <laughs> blood on yourself, saying light as a feather, light as a feather. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, and that, you know what's funny is that that's exactly this, the yeah. exact quote that everyone we would say. Light as, yeah, everyone did it, right? Yeah. And we, we would, you know, or we wouldn't, one of the two, uh, break into <laughs> the basement of CVH and, and you know, sit on these big, giant, cement slabs and you know i mean i don't i don't even know what the slabs are for but the stories that Demonic were coming rituals, yeah <laughs> well everyone <laughs> thought that they were for autopsies that's what that's what the the oh. going thing was because these giant stone slabs were surrounded by tile with drains and <laughs> it's like yeah that's an autopsy yeah and i just laid up or may or may not have laid up there a couple times and yeah I mean, I got chased out of there by by some, you know, what, you know, like when you walk up the stairs and it's night, like dark out and you get that little rush up your backside. You're like, whoo, got to get up the stairs pretty quick. Uh, You know, just imagine being a middle schooler in in an old penitentiary. (laughs) Yeah. Moral of the story, kids. No B&E's in a band. No B&E's. Yeah. (laughs) 
Because I may I, or I've may not little, have done it. I've got a little fairy forest here in my area too. People people make their little their little it's like a little birdhouse and they paint it up and they, they name it and everything and then they take it to the fairy fairy forest and they every time I've got a cousin or I've got a niece who would just love it. She would just leave her leave a fairy house in the fairy forest and bad luck if you don't leave a, leave a house for the fairies in the forest and it's actually kind of creepy. You walk in, you don't expect it. You're walking across the, along the trail and then directly to your left there, right, whatever, left, right doesn't matter. But right there beside you, all of a sudden, it's just birdhouses. Yeah, and but, they like hmm. they go from anywhere from this tiny little like one by one inch square house to massive little like doll houses and people purposely make these houses and put them out there for the fairies. <laughs> yeah. Would you Dave you not, said that not really similar, but kind of the same idea. Dave, you said that was in uh uh Waterbury? Pygmy Village? Yeah. New Britain. New Britain. So, I mean, I haven't been there before, but I've seen pictures and I know people who have been there. Like that was an attraction that that my friends had gone to. Um, It's fun. Have you? You should. If you guys get a chance, look up pictures of Pygmy Village, Connecticut. It's I mean, they're like little mansions, dude. They're pretty cool. And then there's Um, the lore behind it. It's not as enchanting as like just little cute houses. You were supposed to get like axed up by little people if you got caught yeah. out there at night. And stuff. <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. But I have you. You can get chased out of there by people that own the property. I mean, they they will. When I was in high school, it was they weren't axes, but they were definitely uh, not happy that we had hopped that fence because uh, it's like a it's a regular road and then it just stops with like a, a, a just like a big beam with a keep out private property. Um, a lot of stuff in Connecticut. All right. A lot of weird stuff. Well, let me close this up here, guys. The current adaption of the legend is told at get-togethers of all kinds. Details of how you can walk into the tunnel under Colchester Overpass, and on any given night, you can witness the mutilated, half-eaten bodies of rabbits of all sizes hanging from the ceiling and the tree limbs around the area. The modern tellings add that the curiosity of thrill-seekers have a high probability of joining the rabbits by becoming victims of the bunny man themselves. The area now is visited by paranormal investigators, party-goers, and couples searching for a cheap thrill on a regular basis. The local authorities have even set up roadblocks, some years to keep interested parties out of the area due to hundreds of people that are expected to visit the bridge in the fall of every year. The legend of Bunny Man and Bunny Man Bridge still lives on strongly in local communities and paranormal communities alike. Sightings still trickle in of sightings of axe-wielding furry dressed as rabbits in the middle of the woods or mutilated skinned and half-eaten bunnies hanging from trees along the railroad to local authorities, but upon investigation, nothing is ever found. And maybe, just maybe, there is something to the area There's something to the idea that the closer you get to the Halloween season, the more signs appear proving that the bunny man is still roaming the woods in Clifton, Virginia. The end. So that's it, guys. That is Bunny Man and Bunny Man Bridge of Fairfax County, Virginia. It sucks that there's no real murders to like substantiate the story, you know? Right. 
and it's it is one of those um next time you know just to give a shout out to denver michaels you know he called it right off the bat uh of what i was gonna do i put a little snippet yeah he he was on top of that wasn't he well i mean (laughs) he he should be that's his that's his bread and butter area and that's his bread and butter subject so uh good on him Uh, anybody that that wants to really dive into some really cool stuff in that area uh denver michaels knows his shit um but yeah that's it guys that's bunny man and bunny man bridge sorry if it wasn't everything you wanted it to be but at least we're all here together all right well uh does anybody have anything else to say about bunny man and bunny man bridge nope at least the good news is that this you know this legend is probably so well like ingrained in that area that you could tell people the origins and like that it's really based off of pretty much nothing and no one will believe you and the legend will continue for forever. Yeah. Yeah, it probably will. Something we can something we can revisit in like two years just to see how much more has been added to it. <laughs> Should try yeah, to right. contact people who live in the area and maybe try to, you know, use Facebook or some type of the internet to contact some people that live in Virginia area, some of your listeners and see if they can provide input and revisit it. Get some, get a 50 more. Uh, Dave, you said that you were going to do a little bit of research on this. Did I miss anything, man? No, you nailed everything that I had written down. You kind of went through all the different stories that I had found. So good. Nothing, nothing. You you got me. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Uh, before we go, Dave, do the thing for the thing as you're a guest on the show. Tell everybody where they can listen to Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour and hear yours, Mike's, and Frank's beautiful voices. Yeah. Frank, Sanders, and uh, Mystery Mike, and myself. You can find us one stop shop www.hushhushsociety.com we got all our episodes merchandise blogs uh soon to have video going again uh on rockfin soon so we will let everybody know when that happens and uh pretty much i think this episode comes out right at the end of our uh sixth season uh our live episode on mattress firm and cicada 3301 will be out on halloween and uh you guys will hear it first. We got some bangers coming out for season seven. We're going to start with the Tavistock Institute, Bray Road Beast. I know you guys had a portion on that. And mm-hmm. we're, uh, Flat Earth 2 is coming. So I am very excited for that. But yeah. Nice. Find, find everything. HushHushSociety.com. We've got a Patreon, www.patreon.com slash HushHushSociety. We've got about 10 hours of extra stuff on there from conspiracy news monthly and extra debriefings and mystery mics disgusting cryptid erotica (laughs) (laughs) uh you say disgusting i say sexy they are they are fantastic because most of them well half and half uh are written by me but spoken by mike so uh (laughs) it's a joint effort (laughs) well very well uh so Jake, Jeff, Kid, you guys got any final words or anything to say to the travelers before we go? Hey, happy Halloween. Halloween. 
yeah happy halloween everybody i hope you enjoyed the story of bunny man and bunny man bridge i hope i didn't ruin it for you but either way <laughs> did some deep dive and this is what i found so this is what i reported and if you see jeremy outside your house don't freak out don't freak <laughs> out he's just gonna mess up your porch it's not that big of a deal just the porch as long as it's unfinished uh, with, i won't touch finished ones with the wood uh like prices these days like yeah no <laughs> i'm gonna be freaking out <laughs> you better you better not you better don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> well oh boy. thank you travelers uh thank you to everybody watching in the paranormal network or listening to your favorite podcast player uh please check us out on all podcast platforms and on the paranormal network's youtube page InfiniteRabbitHole.com is your one-stop shop for anything Infinite Rabbit Hole. Until next time, travelers. We'll see you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.